Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is episode 41 with Elizabeth Retza. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Pleasure to have Elizabeth Redsa with me here today. She is Norwegian, but she grew up uh, for a lot of her periods of her life in Ivory Coast. Uh, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Thank you. <laughs> so, I, you know, I talked about your background there for a little bit, but can you give us more information as to why you grew up in, you know, in those two countries and maybe even where else you've grown up in? <laughs> sure. Um, I grew up in Ivory Coast and Norway. I'm Norwegian. And my parents are Norwegian, mm-hmm. um, but my parents were missionaries uh, in Ivory Coast. So from the ages of two and a half until 16, uh, I spent about 10 and a half of those years uh, in Ivory Coast. Okay. Um, yeah. So then uh, you identify yourself as Ivorian, Norwegian, Norwegian, Ivorian, or just Norwegian? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's always kind of a difficult question, which also depends on the circumstances, I guess. <laughs> okay, okay. But, um, you, you're talking to a West African from Nigeria, so, you know, what, okay. <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what would you say? What would you say if I asked you, said, hey, Elizabeth, where are you from? What would you say? I would probably say Norway. Norway, um, okay. Yeah, I would. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, with Norway, you know, when I, I was, my, the first periods of my life, I grew up, in Sweden, Stockholm. I don't I remember much, but yeah. I'm, I'm always curious about the Scandinavian countries. I don't know. Could you give us maybe a little bit of the personality with, with Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Finland? Because you know, every time I talk to someone from Scandinavia, I hear, yeah, you know, we are, you know, the best. I know there's the hockey competition, but then there's also, you know, well, there's the skiing. skiing and there are many, many things. But in your opinion, what are the personalities of each of the Scandinavian countries? Oh, wow. Well, I would actually discount Finland, though. Okay, Finland. Finland <laughs> is out. 
they have their own thing going. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I uh, well, I would say um, Norway, Sweden, and Denmark have a lot in common in terms of you know having that Scandinavian thing. Um, but there are differences as well, I guess. Um, I've been watching the cross country skiing world championship today in oh. Sweden just before you called, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me feel very, very Norwegian. <laughs> okay, Sports okay. bring out that nationality thing <laughs> quite a bit. Um, and we did come before the first Swede, just uh, pointing that out. Okay, all right. So, there's that competitive. I, I remember vaguely, though. I remember. Mm-hmm. Was it was it the winters that are longer? You had longer days during a certain periods of time, or oh yeah, yeah. So the days last for how long? Well, right now we're it's getting lighter, but um, I mean December and January are very dark. Um, and the darkest days in December before it turns around and starts getting lighter again, we have I don't know five six hours of daylight mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> in the wow. middle of the day. Um, yeah, sun rises at about, I don't know, 9.30 or something, and then starts, or it sets at maybe 2.30 or 3.30, yeah. And and so you're actually at work during the, when it turns dark? Yeah, like you go to work, it's dark, you come home, it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there any specific celebrations during this time today? Is there, like, cool things to do, like, oh, okay, we have so much darkness right now, maybe we should, I don't know, do something... To celebrate, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Well, it's Christmas, and uh, you know, throughout the entire month of December, there's a lot of candles for everything we do, because just to make the atmosphere more cozy and create some light, because it's just dark everywhere. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. I'm, I'm always fascinated by these things, because uh, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I grew up there partly, but I, um, I didn't stay there long enough to remember. So every time I run into someone from Scandinavia, from a Scandinavian right. country, I was like, ah, you gotta tell me. So. <laughs> Right. Uh, so we compensate with a lot of candles uh, <laughs> and a lot of coziness and a lot of like indoors. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, I, I'm I'm freezing here in New York City, and I know it's yeah, nothing can... compared to what it is there. But uh, well, actually, right now you guys are beating us. We are. <laughs> yeah, you are, because right now the snow is melting, and yesterday felt very springy and nice, and and you know the trickle of the melting ice and. Actually, plus uh, temperatures, we had like five or six degrees above zero, like well, centigrade. Yeah, yeah. You just, 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 just rub it in. You know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So you've traveled and lived and worked in several countries. Uh, can you tell us what you learned from your time overseas? Um. Wow, well, lots of stuff. I guess. Um, I think some of the most important things are how it's possible to um, do things and see things from different perspectives. And, um, you know, I guess in the West, we kind of think that, you know, our way is the best way or we're more advanced or whatever. But um, I think that that's something that I also see in other TCKs, that that ability or that perspective to um, be able to see things from more than one side and, and, you know, being able to think of solutions for a problem in several ways or, yeah, um, there's just so much to learn from other places in the world and, and we really need to, to take that with us, um, yeah. 
in life, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I was talking to someone the other day, and we were, and we were talking about the benefits of traveling and identifying several cultures. And one of the ways yeah. that we brought up that there was one of the topics that was brought up was the fact that in a business setting, in any other setting, it, it gives mm-hmm. you that pair of extra lens, right? That unique lens yeah. where you see things from a different perspective, and that helps with so- problem solving. And, mm-hmm. um, and we, we, were, we were trying to talk about why a lot of TCKs might not necessarily see that. Because um, I, mean, I, I know I certainly went to a phase where I was like, well, what do I have to offer? You know, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know maybe when I got, graduated out of college, I was like, oh, I just graduated. There's nothing I can do. But you yeah. know, these are things you can tell, you know, yeah. like uh, potential employers and saying, you know, growing up in such and such, you know, it gave, gave me a fresh perspective and, mm-hmm. and opened my mind in sort of way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, now... We talked about how you resolved the feeling of home, but um, in to touch on what we we're talking about here, to expand mm-hmm. on that rather, yeah. in your opinion, what aspects of being a TCK can be emphasized more uh, to make yourself attractive to other people? Just because um, sometimes when I see a lot of the, the, the written philosophies on TCKs, it's about you know depression and identity, but I'm, I'm trying to put mm-hmm. a positive spin on, on um, you know some of the positive aspects of being a TCK. So... I'm curious, mm-hmm. in like a 17 year old TCK or someone that just is really about to be an adult. Yeah. And tell himself, what would you say? Well, I would say, I mean, definitely the thing that I just mentioned about um, having different perspectives or more than one perspective on things, um, knowledge base, I guess, because what's common knowledge in one culture is not common knowledge in all cultures. And Maybe you bring more with you from different cult- from several cultures um, in terms of what is common knowledge. Interest bases mm-hmm. um, could be um, definitely broader, and, and that would be something that you could use to kind of stick out of the crowd if you're applying for a job or gotcha. you're, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm. I'm <laughs> I was. I was just saying that because I. I just wanted. I wanted to to hear you voice that out because I've been hearing that a lot myself, mm-hmm. and I've seen that, and that's something I've applied in my life. But I think it's always great when other TCKs can hear from other TCKs actually validating that. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now, um, I'm. I'm really, really curious about your Cote d'Ivoire experience because mm-hmm. uh, I know when I first moved to Burkina Faso. Right. Nigeria is an English-speaking country. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was 10. When I moved to Burkina Faso, so it was the first time I was really put in a place with Europeans and Americans. And <laughs> and then um, I remember feeling like a fish out of water because right. I had I had a different accent. And I only knew how to play uh, fo- soccer. I See, I do it all the time. Football, soccer, soccer, football. <laughs> um, only I did that. But now, now you know, I'm a huge sports fanatic, so I play many sports and watch a lot mm-hmm. of that, especially basketball and tennis. But right. then it was only... I, I, you know, I was struggling to fit in, and I remember, you know, there was several identity issues, and I was, I was feeling like a minority, right? Because it was, it was, I was English, I spoke English, mm. with a different accent, but it was French-speaking country, and then mm. there, there were different accents and all that. But I, you were a missionary, uh, missionary kid in yeah. Cote d'Ivoire, and yeah. I, I, I'm just looking at the demographic right now. You know, I know. That you know, that's not makeup of the of a lot of the Ivorians. No. <laughs> oh, it's not. Thank you. I, you know, you just confirm. You know, I was just not sure about that. So, <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you fit in? I, I'm so curious about that. How did you fit in? Well, you know, we lived in a village. We did not live in Abidjan or any other city. Um, mm-hmm. We lived in a village uh, of about three thousand inhabitants, close to the border of Guinea. Right. Uh, and Liberia, actually. Okay. Um, well, of course, we stuck out 
at the, the, our first term there, we were just two families, two Norwegian families in that village. Uh-huh. <laughs> two Norwegian um, families in the village. We, <laughs> we uh, of course, we stuck out. Um, but we were welcomed. Um, the neighborhood kids would come and play with us. We were small, so they would all, you know, like babysit us and bring us outside to play. And, and I mean, we were playing the games that they were playing because we learned to play with them and spoke French with them because, um, you know, historically, uh, Cote d'Ivoire has been a country um, that's had a lot of progress and a lot of kids were in school right. before the war. Right. Um, so most people could at least speak some French or a little bit. I mean, not, not all the adults, but mm-hmm. a lot of the kids could, if, at least if they had a few years in school. Um, so French was what we needed, and we we played in French and played with the other kids, and I mean they all knew who we were, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but we were friends with them and and played with. I mean, we lived next door to a family with two wives and eighteen kids that <laughs> at the beginning. Eighteen so kids. We had eighteen kids, <laughs> so we had a lot of playmates. <laughs> uh, all right, all right, all right. Now, mm-hmm. what school did you go to at this period? Was it homeschool? Were you homeschooled or? We we had a tiny Norwegian school because okay. um, uh, eventually other fam- Norwegian families came as well, and we had a small school. But my first year in school, uh, it was me and the teacher, <laughs> Norwegian teacher. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I mean it's a village. Um, the school system is French anyway, so it was very different from the Norwegian system, which would make it incompatible right. um, when we were going to move back to Norway. So. That yeah. was kind of never um, an option anyways to yeah. join the local school. Yeah. Okay. No, no, that, that's fascinating. Now, now, you did that through elementary school or right. did, did you do go well, to middle school grade, as well? Yeah, grades one through four in Ivory Coast and then five and six in Norway. Okay. Um, and then uh, back for the last three years, um, grades eight, nine, and ten um, in Ivory Coast again. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, yeah. when, when you did grades 8, 9, and 10, was it still in the same Norwegian school, or had you moved to Abidjan at that point? Abidjan is the capital of uh, Côte d'Ivoire for all, you, all of you. Uh, did you move there? Um, no. <laughs> uh, grade 8 was still in that Norwegian school, and then for grade 9 and 10, I went to um, an international boarding school, actually. They were, there were actually three international boarding schools for missionary kids in Ivory Coast. Right. Because although there's, there were never that many Norwegians, there were a lot of other... Uh, missionaries and also the neighboring countries where there were other Western missionaries uh, did not have boarding schools um, okay. for the kids. So actually, kids from Mali and Burkina Faso and Ghana and even Benin came to uh, Ivory Coast to go to boarding school. No, mm-hmm. that's, that's so cool. I mean, I, I went, <laughs> I went to boarding school myself, uh, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't as specialized as that. It was, it was more, it was a Nigerian boarding school when I went there. Okay. Um, but um. Yeah, I, I love that experience. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was so, I was so happy when Harry Potter came out. I was like, yeah, that, that's that's me. I was that, yeah. I was, yeah. I was in my house. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that was that was good. No, because you know you know how the system is different, where you have a head boy and the head girl, <laughs> and they're, they're like prefects. But then if I, whenever I try to explain it to uh, my American friends, it's you know I have to equi- equi- you know use the student body president, but that's not the right. same thing. Because you, no. you you have a certain team, so I always yeah. think it's cool when uh when I went to a certain <laughs> border. All right, so Cote d'Ivoire, uh, Norway. Were there any other countries that you traveled to, or you visited since you've moved 
Have there been any other countries that you've um, uh, frequented? I went, uh, well, um, I've traveled, of course, for holidays and stuff, but I went uh, as an exchange student mm -hmm. uh, for half a semester to France while doing French in university, and then um, for a full semester in Montreal, actually, in Canada. Uh, also for French studies. Seulement le français? See? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then I imagine that you speak French, Norwegian, yeah. English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. And then, um, um, all right. So when the, now, when you went to Montreal, you went to France. Mm -hmm. What was one way you connected with them? Um, well, besides, besides the language, besides the language, besides the language. <laughs> um, I guess uh, it's not that easy actually to get to know people when you're there as an exchange student because the people are. Even, I mean, a lot of, I know a lot of people say this about Norwegians, but I find it's kind of the same other places. Um, certainly what we experienced in France and in Canada. I think, I mean, the people, either you're that exotic um, exchange student, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's kind of exciting to get to know, or they are just thinking you're there for just a short time and they have their friends and, you know, set Okay. Um, socially, so it's it's not actually all that easy. We actually ended up hanging out most with the other exchange students from from France and Spain and <laughs> South America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So then, then I don't know. For me, I find that when I, whenever I travel, I try to find like connectors. So for me, usually it's it's sports or the po mm -hmm. I learn about the pop culture. I learn about the geography there. Um, right. So it's one of those things I try to connect. And I've heard people say they use food as well. You know, so, yeah. I, you know, I was curious because, you know, I know in, as an exchange student, like you said, sometimes you are that exotic. You're like, ah, or then you're like, ah, you're just here for a little bit. What do you, what, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's that going to offer? So, yeah. you, you, I mean, I, I don't know if you had like maybe one particular thing that you did maybe to, because Montreal and France are so different. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, for and, sure. and, and I'm sure they, they do say they speak French, but and then I'm sure a French person would say Montreal French is not the same and in Montreal. No. Yeah, exactly. Like Norwegian and Danish, actually. If you say Norwegian is um, French French, then Danish would be uh, Montreal French. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So so in, in that sense, you're likening Norway to the actual pure language. And, 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 and Denmark is, is the version of the, of the pure language. <laughs> I'm sure I'm offending a lot of Danish <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, I'm sure. I'm sure a I lot mean, of people say this. I'm sure a lot of people say the same thing. But um, I think you know, I think I'm, it's it's more for me in terms of how the language sounds. Like when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. 
the Montreal accent in French would sound more similar to Danish accent of the Scandinavian base language or whatever. It's kind of, yeah, why I'm comparing Danish to um, no, Canadian no. French. <laughs> no, no, don't mind me. I, I, I was, I was, I was trying. I was just starting to start something over there. But um, right. <laughs> let's uh, w- okay, let's talk about stereotypes here for a little bit. Um, let's. What's one stereotype that's different? That's not that's wrong about Norway. That people always say. I know people say the tall, blonde, blue-eyed yeah. model. Yeah. yeah. What's what's one stereotype that's different and that's false? Well, hmm. I don't know. That's one. Uh, that's a hard one. I mean, I guess the stereotype would be that Norwegians are very reserved mm-hmm. um, and hard to get to know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in one way, that's very true. Um, but I do have to say that also Norwegians, once you do actually get to know them, um, are very loyal and very caring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's something that I see in my work that. Norwegians who volunteer for us, mm-hmm. um, they're just incredible in what they do and how far they go uh, with their hearts and, and willingness to help out um, in in connecting with the refugees that I work with. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's a it's a double <laughs> thing, I guess. <laughs> in one way, it is kind of true, but then again, once you actually connect, um, people are really great. So reserved initially, but then if you get them, they're they're very loyal and they they they're very committed to the work that they they put themselves in and they involve themselves in. Absolutely. Okay. Now, yeah. what about Cote d'Ivoire, Ivory Coast? Um, I don't know what the stereotype would be. Well, well, um, you, you know, this maybe let me rephrase this better. In with yeah. Cote d'Ivoire, before you went there, mm-hmm. what was your expectation? And you well, know. I how, was- I was two and a half years old, so I have no idea. <laughs> you were two and a half years old. When people, when you tell them that you're you're part Ivorian, what's the reaction mm-hmm. normally get from people? Maybe that's a better way to phrase the question. When right. like when people you say, "Hey, you know, I'm part Ivorian," because that's how you introduce yourself to me. You're, you're Ivorian, well, and I grew up in I yeah I I'm I grew up in Ivory Coast. Yeah, and um, then do they ask mm-hmm. you any questions? What kind of questions do they ask you with that when they say, "Well, you're Ivorian"? What what? How was this? What is that? Um. I guess they want to know, like, did we live in the city? How was it? Did I enjoy it? Um, do I want to go back? Do I want to visit? Um, do I want to live there again? Those kinds of things, I guess, is more... Um, yeah, and when they hear that I lived in a village, they, <laughs> they're they a bit taken aback. Usually they're like, wow, really? Um, you didn't live in a big city or in yeah, huge fancy houses or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, best Norway food. Best Norwegian food. Oh, we have a lot of good food. Um, I guess maybe if I had to pick like one thing, it would be our Christmas meal. I think. Christmas meal. What's that? Uh, what does yeah. your Christmas meal consist of? Well, you have several options in Norway, but the one that I grew up with is um, salted, dried. Um, uh, lamb ribs, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Salted um, dried lamb ribs. Yeah, and wow. you steam it and you have it um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> with the uh, potatoes and um, yeah, some mash and stuff. It's okay. really good. 
It got sounds it. kind of strange. But... No, no, no. That sounds delicious right now. I, I just had <laughs> I just had breakfast and I'm I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm hungry for that. But um, I d- I do like lamb, so maybe that's why yeah. I'm I'm hungry. But, yeah. <laughs> but what what about it in, in Cote d'Ivoire? What's uh the uh what was your favorite meal there? Oh, that would be have to be um, peanuts, butter sauce, and rice, and with um, fried plantain. Peanut butter sauce. Mm-hmm. That's like the national meal, kind of. It was really delicious with beef. Okay, peanut butter sauce with beef and fried mm-hmm. plantain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, you are definitely doing a good job of giving me the image right there. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that's cool. That's cool. It's good to know. Um, and are you like a spicy eater, or like you like mild? Relatively spicy. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, yeah. good. Yeah. West Africa would teach you that for sure. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, we're, we're close to wrapping up here, but uh, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious how you, Elizabeth, use your difference to make a difference. Oh, well, I use it for work. I mean, my, my um, education background is I have a master's degree in social anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work now as a social worker for refugees uh, here in Norway. Um, the refugees that I work with have received a permission to stay. They've received asylum, and they're going to start their lives um, in the municipality that I work. Um, and we help them, you know, get settled with housing. We follow up with um, their uh, financial situation, health, um, school. They get started uh, on a two-year compulsory Norwegian uh, course, which also involves uh, work training. And the goal is, after approximately two years, to have them uh, qualified for um, either uh, more work and or uh, further studies, like high school and university. Um, yeah. And and I, I do find that my background in moving between cultures and knowing what it is and what it involves in terms of, you know, identity and adapting and everything is actually um, a strength for me. It's good. I mean, I imagine with refugees, you deal with a lot of people from different parts. And yeah, um, yeah. And having to navigate between the cultures, obviously, as you have comes to to hand. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's cool. And, and so is there what website can we find out and where can we find out more about what you're doing? Um, well, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> you are on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, I am on LinkedIn. Um, I'm not very active on uh, other places than Facebook and Instagram, I guess. Um, but I also have a LinkedIn profile. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I also do use my background um, as a TCK or MK um, to help um, um, be the leader of uh, an MK reentry <laughs> camp, which several of, of several of the bigger uh, missionary organizations in Norway go together to have every two years mm-hmm. um, for kids between the ages of thirteen and and eighteen, mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I got to go to myself when I came back as a sixteen-year-old, and which really uh, helped me uh, in terms of you know coping with. Um, all the different issues that arise when you're coming back to a country um, mm-hmm. that you're supposed to know because everybody expects you to know everything. They think it's your home. Your mm-hmm. parents grew up there. And, um, you know, everybody says you're coming home. Um, but for you, maybe you're not. Yeah. Or you feel very ambivalent about it. And people, because you look the same as everybody else, they expect you to feel and act like everybody else. 
Well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, and well, you, especially as a teenager, you know, that brings up a lot of issues. So I think those reentry camps are just really great. Well, um, talk to me about that. What are the issues that happen? Because I, you know, I mean, going back to my passport country, Nigeria, you know, I, it's one of those things where, where you're, you, you like you say, you look like them, but hmm. you're not seen as like you're not Nigerian enough, or you're not Norwegian enough, or you don't know <laughs> enough of that. So I'm curious yeah. as to what the experiences are since you work with a lot of uh, um, these kids. What are the what are the most common experiences that they experience, and how have you helped them? You know, what are the tips you would offer? Let's say someone listening to the podcast right now is, is dealing with a re-entry issue and it'd be the coming back after, right. f- after from their furlough or, you know, whatever. And they want to know how to really fit, fit back into their passport country. What would you say? You know, what are some of the issues and what would you say to overcome them? Mm. Well, I mean, different issues for different kids, I guess, but really, you know, a part of you is always going to be missing and that's hard because you're, you, <clears throat> I mean, most, most of us maybe feel that we never 100% belong uh, wherever we are because there's always some part of us missing. You know, the part where you're not is the part you're going to miss um, no matter where you are. And I guess coming to terms with that and accepting it and realizing that, you know, you can still live a good life um, with that. Um, and maybe not worrying quite so much, especially, I mean, for teenagers, knowing the pop culture, knowing all the movie stars and the artists and and stuff that your kids your age are listening to or talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you'll get there. It doesn't matter if you don't get it or you don't know everything right away Mm -hmm. or if you play the wrong sports. (laughs) 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 uh, (laughs) You know, um... It takes a while, no matter what, it's going to take a while. And I think maybe trying to um, relax a little bit, mm-hmm. because that was a really hard part for me as well, especially actually when I came back to Norway, 11 years old, that was the hardest time actually for me. Because mm. yeah. I was just so clueless. And people my age were kind of becoming little teenagers. <laughs> and I just, I had no clue about anything that was connected to the pop culture for kids my age and that was really hard and I didn't know how to play you know volleyball or the sports that they were interested in and that was really tough okay. but um it's gonna pass yeah yeah <laughs> um you'll be fine and eventually when you grow up um your background is gonna be part of what makes you um an interesting person to other people and it's gonna be a strength um, that you can use both in education and your work experience. Um, yeah. Yeah, and there are a few things I want to pick out of that because it's it's so true. I many times when I look back to all those times, I I, I remember how stressed I was. You mm-hmm. said it was around eleven. It was around the same time for me, yep. 10, 10, 11. And I remember thinking, <laughs> this is just a hard. Ah. Sometimes yeah. I, I you know I came back home and I I would cry. Just yeah. Because I, I was like, this is what is going on. I mean, I I'm not I'm not in this crowd. I don't fit in here. Right. Um, no one understands, but the advantages show right now, you know, you know, not I'm, a, I'm an adult, but back then, if I was to give myself any piece of advice, it would be to embrace the process right. because that process is what's going to lead to the ultimate, you know, adaptation. It's like, a, you know, it's going to be a relearning process, but yeah. you, if you put For like sure. an undue amount of pressure 
on yourself and saying, if you don't get this by then, and if you if someone asks you a question, did you hear this? And you, you say no, and then you start slapping yourself like, how did I not know that answer? You know, uh-huh. it's only going to make it worse. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I mean, it's just like with any other thing. It's, you just study the environment um, uh-huh. but and take in the process, you know, just like, right. yeah, and, and don't, like, be ashamed of the background that you have, even if it's... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and also, I think... A clever approach because you know you have all these different coping techniques that people then end up applying because it's hard mm-hmm. um, I mean some people will become kind of um, obnoxiously different <laughs> but, <laughs> but that can also end up pushing people away that you're actually really trying to connect to right um, or they're trying to fit in so much that they wipe themselves out mm. Um, which is also really bad, but I think a good thing to do is do try to maybe hang back a little bit, observe, observe, you know, what people are doing, how they're, you know, interacting or expressing themselves or what that you, I mean, you'll learn so much from just observing people for a little bit and then you'll feel a bit more uh, confident yourself uh, once you try to, you know, join in a little bit more. Um, yeah. 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 No, I, I think observation is key. Even, even with dealing with uh, cultural adaptation, when mm-hmm. I do a lot of international students, right, when they come to the United States right. to study, and, yep. I, and I'm teaching a course in that, and then, and then, you know, part of the issue is is how to really fit into the American culture as, as mm-hmm. that, and it, it deals with a lot of observation because. <laughs> You know, with America's a melting pot, then you can't actually do a one-size-fit-all, and it's not exactly mm-hmm. what you see on TV unless you actually experience it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not going to run it. Not every college is a fraternity or sorority, no, right? No, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, observation is so key because sometimes observing someone from New York is going to be it's very different from someone from Tennessee or from, from California. Absolutely. So, you know, you can't come in there with a certain expectation because you watched a certain movie and, and just say, <laughs> And then it, you know, and then you'd be surprised if it doesn't work. So it's, uh, exactly. I think, I think you're so right. Observation is so key. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. No, this sure. is good. So as we're wrapping up here, yep. Um, you've already covered everything that I wanted to say. I, I'm just gonna do maybe three rapid fire questions, and then we're gonna close. And, all right. Um, we're good. Uh, first question: Country with the best movie? Well, the best movie. Oh man. Movies, yeah. I enjoy movies both from the United States and from um, Britain, I guess. Britain, all right. All right, Britain, U.S. Uh, what is best music? Uh, that's a really hard one. <laughs> all right, I mean, you guys got Nico and Vince over there. I so. know, <laughs> I know. Well, that's actually, I mean, artists with a TCK background somehow really speak to me yeah. somehow. We also have Madcon. I don't know if you've heard of them. But you should check them out if you haven't. They're Norwegian immigrant immigrant kids. One is from South Africa originally, and one is from Ethiopia. Right. And they have the coolest music. Okay. All right. I'll check yeah. them out there. No, I, I, <laughs> I love music. All right. All right. Last question. Country that maybe you had a certain um, country that you were pleasantly surprised by. So maybe before you went there, you weren't sure to expect that when you went there, you were like, wow, this is actually, this is really cool. Um... I think maybe, um, I don't know, Ethiopia was actually a really great experience. Really? Yeah. How, come? How so? Well, my aunt and uncle were missionaries there. <laughs> you have uh, so many I missionary, heard... missionary yeah. experiences, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> they were missionaries there for a lot of years, and I heard so much about it. I love the food. 
and I had the opportunity to go there on a study trip through work mm -hmm. um, in 2012 for 10 days. And it's just such a beautiful country um, with so much interesting culture and history. And um, yeah, just yeah. beautiful people and um, strong experiences. I mean, we got to visit uh, refugee camps up north with Somalian refugees. We got to visit um, a fistula hospital in, in Addis Ababa. We got to be tourists and see, you know, really old um, uh, Orthodox Christian churches up north in Lalibela. It's just such a varied country um, with a really, really old um, history. Yeah, yeah. So no. I just, I really enjoyed uh, yeah. visiting. Yeah. With thing with Ethiopia, one of the, the countries that weren't actually colonized by any uh, European <laughs> country. Exactly. So it's, there's a lot of history there. So that, um, I think it's cool. That's, yeah. Well, also, Morocco is a country I really enjoyed visiting. I was I was having great expectations <laughs> of Morocco before <laughs> I went. But... Of Morocco. Yeah, of Morocco, but um, I really enjoyed visiting Morocco as well, which is another country with a lot of interesting history and really old history. Okay, so Morocco and Ethiopia, all right? Yeah. North Africa and East Africa. Look at that. Yep. North Africa and East Africa from West Africa and mm -hmm. Scandinavia. All right, yeah. that, that's just a TCK right there. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Elizabeth. I really yeah, enjoyed the conversation, awesome. and um, I, I, yeah, I can't wait to get this out there and share your awesome <laughs> insights. No problem. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrir. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today... We're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us.